0: This is a special edition of Faith in Action entitled Sons of Melchizedek, where we welcome priests from the Archdiocese of Indianapolis and the Diocese of Lafayette in Indiana to tell us their vocation stories. We are so grateful to and thankful for our priests as they serve us and bring us the sacraments daily. Before we introduce today's special guest priest, we'd like to pray for you, Father, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the gift of our priests. Through them, we experience your presence in the sacraments. Help our priests to be strong in their vocation. Set their souls on fire with love for your people. Grant them the wisdom, understanding, and strength they need to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. We ask this through Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns as our eternal priest. Amen. This is Gordon Smith, and I'm interviewing Father Joe Varghese today. He is a priest from India, and he is, uh, is currently assigned at Our Lady of Mount Carmel in Carmel, Indiana, in the Diocese of Lafayette. Welcome, Father Joe. How are you today? I'm doing great,
1: Gordon. Nice to see you.
0: So one of the things I wanted to talk about with you early on was the whole concept of you being from a different country, and I guess I count myself as an arrogant American who always thought of a foreign missionary as somebody uh, from this country that might go to uh, help minister to starving kids in another continent. But you are doing the opposite. You are bringing Jesus to us in this country okay. as really a foreign missionary. So thank you for that. Thank you for your vocation, your priestly vocation. Thank this, God. of course, is a show about priestly vocation. So we're going to dig into Father Joseph's Background and a little bit about where he's from. Thank so, you. what is the name of the town you're from?
1: Uh, I belong to the diocese of Kote in India. That's uh, located in southern part of India, and my hometown is Audeyanur. Audeyanur.
0: Audeyanur. Audeyanur. Great garden. I'm I'm working on it. Oh, oh. <laughs> you did great. India, uh, a lot of people don't know now, is a country that is now has the largest population on the planet. It has surpassed this summer China yeah. at just under 1.5 billion people. A lot of people. And Father Joseph said he is from the southern tip. Uh, if you imagine in your mind the shape of India, mm. it's kind of triangular, um, part of it on the Indian Ocean. That's okay. And he is from a community, it's at the very southern tip, actually very close to the island of Sri Lanka. Island of Sri Lanka, yes. So, and you just got back from a home visit.
1: Yeah, I visited my family, friends, my bishop, other priest friends, uh, past month of May, 2023, yeah.
0: So that was just a quick trip back to India uh, of 18 hours on the airplane. (laughs) And and then you told me the rest of the story, which was once you land at the airport, you have another...
1: Uh, Another 14 hours uh, train train. (laughs) driving.
0: And and then you're within 10 miles of your home. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, my gosh. That is so far for you to come and be in this country. And being a priest in India, you trace your... Uh, origin of christianity in india
1: all the way back to who Uh, saint thomas the apostle uh, the one among the twelve he brought the gospel to india in the year 1551 ad he spread the gospel and uh, even uh, those who converted by saint thomas the apostle one among the twelve and they claim that they are uh, thomas christians the community that is living and bearing testimony to his uh, mission in india and uh, especially in 16th century uh, having said that the gospel was proclaimed in the first century in india and the community was thriving surviving without the any influence of a, of the western world the faith was strong the belief in christ was deeply rooted in people and living and in 16th century the european missionaries they visited the india and they brought the gospel uh, like people like francis xavier john de Berto and other notable missionaries they came and proclaimed gospel and people embraced christ and catholicism
0: well that's what we're called to do right exactly and that's what you are doing. So we we appreciate your priestly call and an answer of your vocation. It's so appreciated. Thank you, oh. and God bless you. Oh, thank you, Garden.
1: Thank you so much.
0: So, to tell me a little bit about um, Maria Papa, your
1: mother. She was a convert. Oh, uh, she was convert. My mom was a convert. She was oh, not. And a con- is she's still living? Of course. Yeah, she's a convert. Yeah. Uh, My mom, she was uh, raised in a Hindu family. She did not know Christ. Uh, Before marriage, uh, she uh, embraced Catholicism. My grandparents, uh, they took the effort to educate her, provide her Catholic education, and uh, she had gone through Bible study. So
0: she did your father, who was a cradle Catholic, uh, and his, his name is Papia. Did he help guide her, or how did she stumble into the Catholic Church?
1: Usually in India, what happens? Uh, women during their marriage they takes up the religion of their husband.
0: And you told me before the interview here that it was a little different system in India. This was an arranged marriage. It was
1: an arranged marriage. Yeah. Okay. My parents they did not meet each other before their marriage. Um, all. The families, the two families, the 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 elders in the two families, they come together. They find the boy and a girl, and they fix the marriage. Uh, and it's a dowry system. It's a there is a dowry system uh, in India. Uh, there is uh, women, uh, men. They are known as a breadwinner of the family. Uh, the, when the father of the girl gives her, his daughter in marriage. She uh, he offered some money as a dowry mm-hmm. because uh, the husband is going to take care of his daughter throughout her life. So that is the s- story behind the dowry because men are the breadwinner. Women they take care of the household.
0: Well, it must have worked out because your mom and dad had five boys. <laughs> you're you're the number four boy in the family. I'm number and, four. Um, your mom had once she converted a fairly strong faith because i understand that she encouraged all the boys to become
1: priests exactly yeah that's what one of the priests uh, father uh, salate ms Salit, he was my spiritual director and he was a rector in the seminary he would always appreciate my mom whenever uh, whenever he saw my mom he would tell my mom that though you were Hindu, and you send your son to priesthood, that is such a gift of God. Oh, what a wonderful thing. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. He always encouraged my mom. And my mom was so happy hearing an uh, encouragement from the priest uh, that's sending his son to priesthood and making that sacrifice.
0: And so for the, our audience, let's talk about some of the religious Percentages in India uh, because it's kind of an eye opener to me, Mm -hmm. the arrogant American. Um, (laughs) India has 80% of its population, uh, so of the 1.5 billion, 80% are Hindu. That's the predominant religion in India, and about 13 or 14% uh, follow Islam. Christianity is only about 2 to 3%. So you think, wow, that's not very much, not, not uh. at all. But if you take 2 to 3%, 1.5 5 5 billion, billion, that's 20 million Catholics. 20
1: million Catholics, yeah. That's a
0: lot. And it, I think this country, we only have about 60 million Catholics uh. that practice. So uh, that's a significant number. And mm. we're thankful for th- St. Thomas and his trip 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years
1: ago, yes. And that brings
0: that, you back to Carmel. In the year
1: 2023. That's the work of God. It it's is. marvelous. Work, it's it, marvelous.
0: It is. And it's just, we're thankful for that uh, vocation. That, now, uh, you have a favorite saint too, don't you? Uh, yes. Saint Maximilian Kolbe is my favorite saint. So Saint Maximilian Kolbe from Poland
1: was a, a World War II prisoner that... Died at Auschwitz, I believe. Yeah, exactly, yeah. During the Nazi concentration camp, he took the place of family man. Yeah, He volunteered to die for someone. The Nazi prisoner who escaped from the prison and he saved other man's life and he died for him. And the story about Maximilian Golbe, why I admire him, uh, I studied in a Catholic school Uh, My Catechism teacher taught me that story while I was attending Catechism class in the school. That story impressed me and uh, connecting the Bible verse. uh, There is no greater love than laying down one's life for his friend and Jesus died for us. And here is Saint Maximilian Golbe reflecting the life of Jesus dying for someone
0: sure you have to die, for, die to self and he did give up his life for his fellow man mm. uh, so that was a wonderful example to you
1: one more thing in connection with Maximilian Kolbe way he attracted me um, uh, when I was doing my philosophy uh, there was uh, there was an one hour drama uh, for the sea savior he coordinated that tra- drama uh-huh. And he asked me to take up the role of he asked me to take up the role of Maximilian Golbe. So I played the role of Maximilian Golbe and who was my childhood heroes. I loved him, I, I loved his passion and the sacrifice. And I never thought I would get that opportunity. So I believed that was uh something uh, beyond imagination, God has given me that opportunity to play the role of Maximilian Golbe. And it was an one-hour play. And, and I could and I came to know many of his his love for Blessed Mother, his missionary seal, and so on. Who is the Immaculata? That was his question, right? Uh, yes. So
0: today we're interviewing Father Joseph Varghese. He is from India. He is from a Audeanur, Audeanur. thank you, that's his home parish, (laughs) and he's at Our Lady of Mount Carmel in the Diocese of Lafayette. We are so appreciative of your time today. And your ability to communicate, you have a a habit, I think, or a a, a little device that you use when you do homilies here, (laughs) and and you bring humor into it. And um, (laughs) sometimes uh, it gets the parishioners on the edge of their pew because they don't know exactly which way you're going with the joke. and (laughs) but it's so far i think it's worked out a couple times you've made me a little nervous Uh,
1: what where's he going with this but it does get people's attention right keep keep the people attention i never did uh, humor in my mother language when i preach i prepare my homily uh, and keep the homily alive getting the help of the holy spirit but when i came to the us yeah one thing that was going on in my mind I should keep the homily alive. We'll be right back with our interview with Father Joe Varghese.
0: You're listening to Catholic Radio Indy, converting the culture to Christ through radio, featuring 100% Catholic programming 24-7. Do your friends a favor, tell them about Catholic Radio Indy. Welcome back. We're interviewing Father Joe Varghese from Our Lady of Mount Carmel. He was just telling us a little bit about some humor that he uses in his homilies when he relates to the parishioners at Our Lady of Mount Carmel. So continue, Father.
1: Yeah. Yeah, even when I was preaching in my mother tongue, I was not using humor. I was trying to bring out the best homily with the help of the Holy Spirit. But when I got to the U.S., yeah, the one thought that was going on in my mind, people should not turn away their attention when they listen to a foreign accent. Then one thing I came out with the idea, introducing the humor. And I never thought I would carry on this long past four, four and a half years. I, I have been using humor in my homily, introducing just right at the start of my homily. People have really encouraged me. They came and appreciated me. So that kept me going on. So they get the humor in connection with the homily always. I ensure that not a random humor. So
0: you were talking about your, your mother language, the mother tongue. And there are several languages in India. I didn't address this earlier, but I think I have this correct Dravidian, Indo-Iranian, it's a <clears throat> Tamil.
1: Tamil is the language, but you're
0: Tamil Nadu. Tam-
1: Tamil Nadu, yeah.
0: which is also the name of the whole region that you're from on the yeah. south end of India. Right. So we talked a little bit earlier about 20 million Catholics in India, and surely they all speak the same language, right? <laughs> they are not. Yeah. How many languages of uh, are there spoken within the Catholic population in India?
1: Um, I guess more than. In India, there are many languages spoken, more than 22 official languages. Within uh, the Catholic uh, population. Uh, within Catholic populations, uh, we don't have the right number. But according to our country, uh, govern, gov- mm-hmm. government. To government, we have a 22 official languages. And uh, there are more than uh, 300 languages, many dialects spoken in India. I guess uh there are several languages uh, even among Christianity. So, so do the, you you
0: uh, preach and celebrate mass in your mother tongue or is it Latin for parishioners in India? Do you speak Latin or do you celebrate
1: in Latin ever? We, we don't uh, there are communities they celebrate Latin masses. Um but mostly we speak we celebrate masses in our native language. Mm-hmm. For example, I, st- I studied my theology in the, in the northern parts of India. Uh, that's called Pune, Maharashtra. People in Maharashtra, they speak Marathi, another language.
0: And did you have to speak that?
1: Uh, I I was, yeah. The people, liturgy was celebrated in Marathi. Oh, of uh, course. Marathi liturgy was celebrated in Hindi. People speak, you know, many languages are spoken and People celebrated their liturgy in their native language.
0: And here's something that you told me before the interview when we were just questioning and answer here. You didn't even learn to speak English until you went to minor seminary. Is that
1: correct? Uh, yes. <laughs> That's amazing. And you did that at age 15. Uh, I joined seminary 15 years old. Uh, we learn English as a second language in the school but we really don't know did not know how to speak English communication skills were not there we study English just like in our country children learn Spanish they don't uh, cultivate the ability to communicate in English we don't communicate but the seminary has given us two years of foundation uh, to communicate to learn things in in, uh, communicate things in English
0: Father Joseph, i'm going to take a little left turn here and talk about some of your hobbies. You like to read, yeah. play tennis and pickleball, <laughs> and have I seen you on the Monon, or do you uh, ride a bike?
1: Yeah, I ride bike in monon, yeah, last year, yeah this year i did uh yeah, I ride bike in monon last year, I did six hundred miles of bike ride in oh three gosh. months that's a lot. <laughs>
0: Was this a pedal bike, or do you have an electric bike? (laughs) It's a pedal bike. (laughs) Oh, that's a lot of of miles. So you went into minor seminary at 15 years old. Um, Your brothers, you have four brothers, five total of you. Did any of your brothers pick up a a religious vocation, or
1: uh, did they not follow you? Uh, My mom, actually, she was encouraging everyone. We were five boys, and... uh, she has a good connection with the nuns in the local convent and through their influence my mom would always encourage us to follow the foot to follow the footstep of jesus and to serve him and my third brother john paul uh, at one point he wanted to become priest um, but he has he had a thought that serving christ is always a challenge You will be tested like gold and silver in the fire. That was his thought pattern. And similarly, something was going on and he was a student. Uh, He was a brilliant student and he could not pass his junior school. He had to repeat his junior education. And he thought following Christ is going to cost a lot to him. So he thought he would not become priest and he—he's now he's a professor, so. So
0: he had the the smarts and the brains to do it, but the cost was too much, is what I'm hearing you say. But you did follow the call. Uh, you did. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pick yeah. up the the same thing as my brother told you will be tested like a fire, tested in the fire like gold and silver. Well, I'm sure you're under attack all the time yeah. from the evil one. The so, same thing uh, when i was 15 years old doing doing my 10th year 10th standard i have a, i had to gone through a many crises <laughs> it is some of them i made those problems uh, yeah but then uh, i i was reminded of my brother telling you will be tested like a tested in the fire like a gold and silver and god will purify you and if you are strong enough, and you will emerge, and you will follow him.
0: So let's ask, you said the nuns were influential with your mother. Mm. In this country, the the nun that comes to mind most often is Mother Teresa. Was
1: she in your area? She, uh, her region, she lived in West Bengal, Bengal called Kolkata. Which is upper Uh, uh, east in the country. It's east India, yeah, northeast it is located in northeast we hear about mother teresa in the newspapers in the t- on the tv we hear about mother teresa so much and she was a great icon for uh, christianity and catholicism especially uh, i did not get a chance to see her but i have i was a speaker in my school days i participate in the eloquence competition i get a chance to speak about her I, I had a chance to read her stories. So she had an influence in your life? Very much, very
0: much. And that influence caused you to follow your vocation, follow the vocation that you have now. And you are somewhat of an internet personality in <laughs> India, aren't you? I'm looking at a, a plaque on your wall that says,
1: Father Joe, say the word that comes after that. Uh, the YouTube channel name, Punithar Hill Saints. Uh, the word Punidharagal means it uh, refers to saints. And this plaque says that you have uh, passed a hundred thousand
0: subscribers. <laughs> so you're making a dent for Christianity and
1: Catholicism in India and in Indiana. Yeah, the re- five years ago I started a YouTube channel. I was ordained in 2012, um, then I served as associate pastor for three years. Then my bishop asked me to take up some higher education. I prayed, I reflected, uh, I thought there is a huge vacuum in the field of mass media ministry. Because I see the English world, they produce a lot of gospel content, gospel messages. But for my native language speaking people, the speakers of Tamil language, I saw the digital contents were lacking in the social media platform. It was, while I was praying, yeah, it is where God was driving me to take up His mission, providing gospel content for the people who are speaking Tamil. And I, uh, well,
0: could you give us an example? Would you pray a Hail Mary for us in
1: Tamil Nadu, please? Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ajishta Mariaye, Sarvesnuday, Madhavay, Paaviklaa yirikre yengilu kahe, Ippoludum, yengil marana neerathilum, Vendikollum, Amen. Amen. So it doesn't matter what
0: language we're in. It's the same message. And Great. God bless <laughs> you for that. Oh, thank you. Let's talk a little bit about Palayam Kottaye. Palayam Kottaye, the
1: diocese I belong to in India.
0: How many Catholic churches in the diocese?
1: A lot? Uh, Catholic churches... Uh, yeah, our parish's operation is little bit different. There is a parish, and then they every parish would have a substation. Uh, for example, so I... So not a priest at every parish? Uh, um, the substations would, no. ha, would have the pastor of the main parish. Okay. Uh, yeah, so he would serve once in a week, or once in 15 days, or once in a month. He would celebrate Holy Mass, but whenever there is the emergency... Administering the sacrament of anointing of the sick, yeah, he would be available always. And also, there is a tradition bringing holy communion to the sick on every first Friday. So the priest celebrates morning mass, and then he carries holy communion to the sick on first Friday of the month.
0: So your father, Papia, is a daily mass communicant. How did he encourage you in your vocation at age fifteen?
1: Uh, our dad, yeah, he is a very devout man. Uh, you can always see him either he's reading Bible, or making prayers. He sings in the choir, and he regularly participates in the church. Uh, he would encourage us. My, he would encourage my, you. Um, he, we, he- we have a beautiful thing going on in our house. Every day, our dad would have conduct a night prayer, and. Uh, on Fridays, we, we pray, we have the devotion to Sacred Heart of Jesus. And um, on uh, Saturdays, we pray Holy Rosary. And during the Lenten days, uh, our dad would recite the Penitential Psalms. And also the, the Stations of the Cross. Every day, we have a night family prayer. And in the night prayer, our dad would pray for the gift of vocation from the family he did he never told me about he didn't he didn't yeah, force you for, he did not but he for, encouraged you he prayed for the gift of vocation we are five boys in the family he prayed the gift of vocation from the family and then that was really talking to me here is my dad he was praying for the universal church asking for the priesthood from the family that prayer was talking to me and that really motivated me to discern my vocation at some point that I should serve Christ because not only my father and also our parish every day it has got a prayer for the priest.
0: I think there's a lot to be learned there Father Joe from for our fathers here in in this area in our listening area that they need to be the ones to lead the family and to bring them to Christ and Not to hit their boys over the head with a baseball bat or a cricket bat, in your case, but to encourage them gently and kindly and lead the way.
1: It's
0: (laughs) not a woman's job to, although your mother did a wonderful job with you, uh, your father really had a lot to do with your vocation. That's what I'm hearing.
1: Exactly.
0: Okay, we've been interviewing Father Joe Varghese today from Our Lady of Mount Carmel Parish in Carmel, Indiana. His other uh, assignment in this country when he first got here was uh, the other Carmel Parish, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. And we thank you for your parish uh, time here in both parishes and your vocation, Father. You've been listening to a special edition of Faith in Action entitled Sons of Melchizedek. Join us again next time when we'll feature another priest from the area. If you are interested in having your priest appear on this show, please contact us at Catholic Radio Indy.